In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to eingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Uh, today's topic is about scaling your business. We've got an expert in scaling your business, helping you scale your business uh, from the work standpoint because you got to get people to do it. Nathan Hirsch owns freeup.com founder of it and uh, it's a really interesting site that helps you find virtual i we call them virtual assistants but really virtual freelancers not just an assistant uh nathan uh thanks for being on the show thanks for having me excited to be here awesome yeah um nathan i'm interestingly i we did the podcast before the podcast somehow disappeared um and nathan lives down the road for me and we've met in person once uh, but we run the same circles. He does a lot of great stuff for people I know. But Nathan, let's real quickly, how, what's FreeUp and why is it different from, let's say, Odesk? Yeah, so FreeUp is a marketplace where instead of posting a job and getting 100 people to apply, interviewing them one by one and not really knowing what you're going to get, we do it differently. We get hundreds of applicants every week, freelancers from around the world, take the top 1%, let them in make them available to clients rapid fire whenever they need them, have 24-7 support on the back end with a no turnover guarantee. If the freelancers quit for any reason, we cover replacement costs and get the person a new freelancer right away. So we're all about the pre-vetting, the speed, the customer service, and the protection. Yeah, that, I mean, those are all big, big issues. If you've ever run with a, you know, a virtual assistant or freelancer, one of the biggest problems is that they disappear. Uh, <laughs> um, the other big problem is vetting them because they send you over work and you don't know what it is. Um, so th that's awesome, awesome solutions. Now, if you want to know, like the, ba I don't want to go too much into your background because there's so much about you. If you Google your name, you Google free up. There's a lot about how you've grown the business. But I I'm sure you know right now how much volume are you running through free up? How many hours? I know it's a ton that you're running monthly. Uh, about 12,000 a week. Our, our run rate is around 8 million revenue a year, a little bit more now. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. So that, you know, you're Thank seeing you. a lot of people bring on freelancers, bring on virtual help. Um, my big question is, first of all, you know, what are the biggest myths that you see when it comes to hiring virtually? Sure. So one of the things that I did back in the day, which was 
one of my biggest mistakes. I opened up an office. I, I took, I had all these remote people and I brought them in. I put them in one place and I thought they would be more productive. I'd get more out of them. They'd be less drama. We could build this great culture. And actually the opposite happened. People were less productive having to come into work. Drama came up just from having all these different people in different places, along with adding overhead and costs that were completely unnecessary for for my business and most business, especially with the gig economy right now. So I think one of the most common myths is that you can't get a really productive person if you're not sitting right next to them or that they're not going to be focused on what they're actually doing when in in reality it's exactly the opposite these people are building a rolodex of clients they care about their clients so much it's their business they're self-employed they when they're working they're focused they they can work whatever is the best environment for them maybe it's overnight or they're a night owl they don't want to work nine to five maybe they're working in their pajamas whatever it is and you can really build this great culture within your business having remote people that are very passionate about what they do because they're so specialized. They know what they like and what they don't like, and they love the freedom that goes along with it. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great you know concept because we are so used to, especially if you've owned a business before this is around, thinking that people have to be together to build a culture. And do you have any examples of people that built a culture without being together? I mean, the Free Out Marketplace is an entirely remote company. We have no office. We have freelancers all around the world, a lot of them Philippines. Not only that, but it's a 24-7 business. The business never shuts down. We have people working in all hours of the day from all different locations with all different skill sets. And I would put our culture against any person in the world. I mean, the people genuinely like being there. They're excited to work. It feels like fun. They're incredibly productive. My, the freelancers that work with me build me 800 hours last week. <laughs> we get a lot of done with a lot of manpower, and it's all done remote. That's amazing. Um, and, and it's super cool. But so what are the mistakes people then, if they are hiring freelancers, they are hiring VAs, um, what are the big mistakes that are preventing them from having that culture and from getting the biggest, out, the most out of these people? Sure. So the first thing is you have to define what your culture is. What's the culture of your business might not be the same for my business. If you're a real estate agent and everything is cutthroat, aggressive, and you start adding in warm and fuzzy people into your business, you're, you're not gonna have a lot of success, most likely. Where if you clearly define your culture, for example, mine, it's all about feedback and ideas. Even if it's a low level task, I don't want a robot. I want someone that's constantly coming in every day. How can we improve on this? What new ideas can I bring to the table? I want people that don't take feedback personally, that can give me feedback. And, and on and on. So I define what my culture is, and then I look to add people only if they fit my culture with no exceptions. Just because someone is really talented, they have 10 years of experience, they've worked at these huge companies, doesn't necessarily mean that I want to add them to my team, to my business. And then when I'm interviewing people, again, I don't just focus on the skills, I focus on their attitude and their communication as well. For, for attitude, I look for people who are really passionate about what they do. I hate bookkeeping. I'm assuming you do too. When I, when I hire a bookkeeper, I want someone who loves bookkeeping as much as I love being an entrepreneur. Those are the type of people that I look for. Um, and with communication, with, with hiring anyone, especially remote, communication is everything. It doesn't matter what their attitude or their skills are. If we can't communicate and be on the same page all the time, it, it's never going to work out. So we spend a lot of time vetting for all three things where a lot of people, they just focus on skill, background, references. Yeah. Yeah. And that communication part is so important too. 
Um, so if you are starting um, to use, let's say I'm a professional, I'm a lawyer or a doctor, and I, I want to use virtual assistants, who or a freelancer, who's the first person that you feel someone should hire? So what I recommend doing is create, creating two lists and get away from your business for a few hours, maybe the day, and come up with a list of everything that you do on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis and put it in order by how easy it is, but also how unproductive it is to the bottom line. Things that aren't those $1,000 an hour tasks, they're repetitive stuff, they don't actually make you money. A good example of that could be customer service. It could be any bookkeeping or data entry work. It could be lead generation or research or social media, things that, yeah, they might have an ROI, but you don't necessarily have to be the person that does those things. And a lot of times you can get people that have more experience than you do coming in at a lower rate than what your hourly rate is. The other side of it is a list of all the things that you don't do very well. One of the most productive meetings uh, my business partner, Connor, and I have ever had is we sat out on a balcony And for an hour, we just went back and forth. You're good at this. You're bad at this. Brutally honest to the core. And what ended up happening was we had these two lists of how we complement each other very well. So we realized we were great business partners. But more importantly, we had a list of all these things that we were not good at that we were doing all the time. So one of the things we did to accelerate our business was we started hiring, turning weaknesses into strengths figuring out, hey, we're not good at PPC. Instead of spending day after day trying to learn it and get better, let's hire someone to come in and do it at a high level so it's one less thing on my plate. That's a great, great thing to do. That's so few few people I would think would be willing to do, but it's super powerful. I mean, was it hard for you to sit down and accept that? Was Was it uncomfortable? Of course. I mean, there's no other way to go about it. I mean, people are... We were brutally honest, but we set the ground rules and the terms up front that no one would take it personally, that we all had the company's best interests at heart. And I think by halfway through it, we realized we were getting somewhere. And a lot of the things that we all had been thinking in the back of our minds were were now out in the open and we're on a piece of paper. Uh, Were you drinking while you were doing that? (laughs) I don't think we were drinking. (laughs) I can see that getting mean after a while. Uh, (laughs) I hate you. Um, (laughs) But that's it's a great thing to do and quickly find what you can do. Um, So once you go through that, now you you see people scaling with your businesses. Tell me a little bit about some success stories that you think are outside the box, because I think most people are immediately thinking, well, I'm going to go, you know, get a designer or developer or a content developer. But how have you seen people use free up and use these freelancers to really grow their business in unusual ways? So I had one client who he came to me, he didn't know really anything about Amazon, brand new to the space, but their background was in sales. They were good at lead generation, they were good at sales, and their whole concept was they were going to hire Amazon freelancers, Amazon experts, people that knew what they were doing to work with them and come up with these packages, and they would sell these packages to other business owners. And in the back of my mind, when I was first talking to them, I'm thinking, these people don't know anything about Amazon. I'm going to provide them experts. It's going to, who knows, they, like anything could happen. They're probably not going to scale this thing. And as of right now, three years later, I was just talking to him before I came on. They're our second biggest client, billing more hours than, than everyone else. They 
grown this gigantic business with a skill set they didn't even originally have. So if they can do that, it just means that whatever your business is, you can use freelancers to expand your services to make sure that you're not turning clients away. You can use them in creative ways with lead generation, with split testing, with contacting podcasts on social media to generate revenue streams that you weren't able to before because you just didn't have the manpower. Yeah, that's and that's very cool. Now, um, at what point do you? What are some of the tasks or roles that you shouldn't be looking for to a freelancer to use? <laughs> I, I always love that because I see social media posts. You should not outsource sourcing. You should not outsource customer service. And I always respond, okay, I outsource that or I have 100 clients that outsource that. <laughs> There's very few things you can't outsource uh, or hire remotely unless it's your warehouse staff or you own a brick and mortar store and you actually need someone there to talk to customers. Outside of that, I mean, I promise you there are clients either on my platform or others that are finding ways to get it done remotely the gig economy is booming right now. In the next 10 years, over 50% of the workforce is going to be remote, which is absolutely crazy. If you're not taking advantage of the remote workforce and all the benefits of being able to hire remote people, your competitors are, and you're going to have to take advantage of it at some point. The time is now. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, it's so true. And it, it's, you know, and most people are using them in some way, shape or form. Um, once you have that methodology down and like I've determined like who I want to use, um, how do you manage all these people? Who's managing these people? Am I managing these people? Are you managing it? Do you hire a virtual project manager? What, what does that look like? So clients that use FreeUp, they're working with the freelancer directly. We're there if they need anything, if they need new people or, or have run into any issues, we're there to help. But 99.9% .9 of the time, they, they work together, and we're only involved if the person needs another freelancer. Um, with In terms of how to actually do it, I keep it simple. I told you freelancers billed me 800 hours last week. I use Skype, which is a great free tool to create group chats and keep it organized and message people. I rarely do audio or video with people. I like to get everything in writing, making sure it's clear, cut and dry, that people have references to go back to. I use Trello to balance between daily operations, short-term and long-term projects, keeping it organized and assigning it. And for developers, because we both know dealing with developers can be a little bit more complex, I use Jira, um, which is just a project management tool that, that they prefer. So I'm using three pretty standard, nothing crazy tools to manage that many freelancers. Um, but I do have clients that will use the Asanas of the world or, or Slack, um, but it really isn't that crazy to once you have a system and process in place to use very free and easy tools. So, and then managing those tools, are you the one managing those tools when it comes to your clients or do you have a project manager inside? Yeah. So for the developers, I don't have a project manager, but I have my QA assistant who's constantly testing them. And one of his responsibilities is to keep Jira completely organized at all times. I think it might be pronounced Jira, but <laughs> keep it organized at all times. Um, with my assistants, I always put a lead person. So I have people that cover my Skypes and emails 24-7. The person who's been working with me the longest is the leader of that team. Same thing with my accounting and billing team. Same thing with our freelancer success team, which acts as a recruitment team. They all have more team leaders that act as the project manager. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So um, when it, if you know, I figured out all these tasks and I'm coming in. Tell me a little bit about the process, the best process to, to hire 
and decide who the right person is for these roles? Sure. So with the attitude, the skill and the communication, we've already done that for you. We've taken the top 1% based on that and making them available. If you use free up, you put in a request, we fill it within a business day, then you can meet with the person, interview them. And when you're interviewing them, since we've already done that vetting, what you're focused on is, are they the right fit for me? Because even the best freelancers in the world aren't the best fit for every single client in the world. We talked a little bit about culture before, but it also comes down to, hey, I need to make sure that they check all the boxes. I need them to work Saturday morning. Are they okay doing that? I need them to be able to do voice calls in a certain way that my customers like. Okay, I I talk to them. I feel comfortable in that. Whatever you need to do to check those boxes And from there, you can either click hire and get started or click pass and provide us feedback and we get you someone else based on that feedback. But then comes the step that everyone forgets and that's setting expectations right from the beginning. When I make a hire, I have a sheet of all my expectations. It could include my pet peeves, what not to do, what's expected of all the freelancers that I work with, what's expected of this specific project with due dates and estimates and all that. I even give them a chance to back out because I would much rather that they back out before I start investing my time, my energy, my money into them. So after you've interviewed to make sure they're the right fit for you, make sure you take a little extra time to set those expectations, make it black and white, get everything in writing to avoid any issues down the line. Uh, yeah, that, that's great. Um, and then everyone should be setting expectations like that. Um, so when it comes to, you know, I've heard back and forth a lot of these things. And I've heard people say you shouldn't hire anything but either project-based or full-time. You shouldn't hire part-time. Can you hire part-time for some of these roles? I mean, because maybe I don't need customer service 24-7. Maybe I just need like five hours a week. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, I kind of disagree with that. I think a lot of the reasons people say that is because they've had bad experiences hiring part-time people before. But a lot of the times that they've had those bad experiences were either because they didn't get someone who had that attitude and that communication, so they didn't know what was going on and what that person was doing, or they hired someone that didn't have time management skills and they were prioritizing other clients over them and they had that bad experience. We're very confident in the people that we've let into free up that they won't have that issue. If they take on too much that they can chew, they really get removed from the network. We don't deal with giving our clients a bad experience like that. Um, so they're very focused on making sure they only take on what they can handle and that if, hey, they're going to work five hours for you, for those five hours, they're focused on you and nothing else and you're their number one priority. So I do it myself. I have graphic designers that I use part-time and video editors and people that run my social media. I definitely don't hire them full-time. And I have clients who will hire freelancers for five hours a week, 10 hours a week, an an hour a month, whatever it is. There's no minimums or maximums. Again, it really comes down to setting that expectations. When you say, hey, I need you for five hours a week, what does that mean? How can I prioritize you as a client? Awesome. 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 Um, what are so, so you know free ups growing and you're going throughout all, doing all these things it seems to me like it, the uh, the flip side of it is i feel like i can do everything inside my business do you see a lot of people try and take on too much in their business because they can hire so quickly i mean 
I really haven't seen it. A lot of it comes down to budgetary stuff. You you get people who have no – let's say they open up a, a Shopify store and they think that they can make a quick buck. So they hire a customer service person before they even have any orders, stuff like that. That I mean we, we can never tell someone what to do. We can give them advice and give them options and at the end of the day, it's up to them. But I mean manpower is powerful and I've had people since the beginning – tell me, oh my God, like once you get to 2 million, you have to hire full-time employees. Once you get to 4 million, once you get to 5 million. And I've kind of been under the mentality that I'm just going to keep hiring freelancers from the free up network. We haven't hired anyone that's outside the free up network yet. And we're reaching 8 million. And I really want to practice what I preach and show other people that it's possible. If I can do it and I'm not doing anything crazy, I'm, I'm using the same people and the same processes that I talk about on every podcast that you can do it too. So maybe at some point when I get to 20 million, hopefully I I reach a limit where it's like, okay, freelancers don't work anymore. There's too much going on. There's too many people or, or whatever it is. And they're all over the place, but we really haven't gotten to that point yet. And I'm pretty excited to see how far we can push it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now if someone does have things that they want to start outsourcing, um, uh, and they start looking at, at, at these things, but now they're like, okay, I've got to communicate now with these people that are different time zones, you know, because we've worked with people in the Philippines, so they're almost exact opposite schedule. What are some of the best practices for doing that? Because, you know, especially if you're not used to working with people that aren't on call, I know I have a lot of people, if you're used to having people in your office and now you have to wait 12 hours to talk to them, how do you make that change? Yeah. So one of the coolest things about FreeUp is when you put in a request, if you say, hey, I need someone that works Australian times, I need someone that can work Saturday morning, Eastern time, whatever it is, we're only going to introduce you people that that um, actually want to do that, that can work that availability. So for stuff that you actually need people on your time zone, we have it. For stuff that you don't, we have that as well, whether it's flexible schedule or overnight. I mean, I, I use it to my advantage. I have people that work while I'm sleeping so that I don't have to work while I want to sleep. So um, a lot of times you can set that up the way you want it. In terms of, let's say that you find someone really good or you've already been working with them and they don't work the exact schedule or have the same availability that you need, what I like to do is I come up with check-in points. Hey, every day at 11 a.m., you and I are checking in. We're going to get on the same page, make sure that you know what's next, and then we're going to check in next Tuesday at the same time or the next day at the same time, whatever it is, just so you have some period of overlap. I mean, you, you never want a situation where you're just never talking to someone um, that you work with. At some point, you guys have to be flexible, and the worker has to be flexible too, and come up with some time that you can get on the same page. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then when it comes to that communication too, you know, one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is just like, there's a difference in culture, right? There's a difference in culture between us and Philippines or a different culture between us and Ukraine. And these, you've got workers all around the world. How do you go about keeping that, you know, that, that culture from, uh, preventing that culture from causing problems? I ask. I ask a lot of questions and I ask for feedback. Uh, a feedback for me as a manager, as a leader, as a person. And that's really what's been able to help me build these great relationships. When I was first hiring people from the Philippines, I, I hired this one girl who's still been with me for eight years. But I also made a lot of bad hires, people that kept quitting after I invest time and money into them. And eventually I just asked her for feedback. They said, hey, what am I doing wrong? Why, why does this keep happening to me? 
And she was brutally honest. She said, hey, Nate, when you write an email like this, this is how Filipinos interpret it. Hey, when this is how you run a meeting, this is how we're, we're kind of interpreting it based on our background, our, our past experience. And so it allowed me to kind of tweak the way that I approach things to get the most out of them because that's kind of what being a manager and a leader is. You're kind of pushing the right buttons to, to get end up getting what you want. And the only way to figure that out is by asking for feedback and getting that information because – you can't you can't generalize. Hey, every, all Filipinos like it this way either. It might even come down to the people that you're actually working with. So the only way to figure that out is to by asking, by showing them that hey, I'm open to change. I'm open to to tweak what I'm doing if it helps achieve the goal. But I need the information to help me make that easier to do. That's great. That's super. Really good advice. Um, and so now, with you growing the business, um, you know what what are your big challenges growing a business now that you have all this help, you pretty much can hire anyone. Um, what are the challenges to free up? <laughs> um, so right now, as we're growing, I mean, competition is always a challenge, especially in the freelance and VA space. There's a million companies, there's new ones popping up every day, but that's been the same way for three years um, that since we started it. I think the biggest thing was transitioning from the mindset that we're, we're we went from, I guess, a, a community of v freelancers to a software company. That's really what we've become. Whenever you have a marketplace, you've got the client side, the freelancer side, and you got the software that holds it up together. And when you're at when you're at five hundred thousand, people have a certain expectation of what your software should be. When you get to eight million, people have a very different expectation. And we're constantly getting feedback, ideas. When you look at the Upworks and the ODES and the onlinejobs.ph and all those places, they have a much bigger software budget than us. So keeping that in mind, we have all these projects we want to do, we have all these features we want to add, and we have our dev team that we're always trying to grow and improve, but we have to prioritize. Certain things take six months to build. Certain things take three weeks to build. And we're constantly adding new things to the plate. I have a hundred pages of software updates that I want to build. Um, <laughs> so it's constantly like sliding things in and out. Hey, you take over this. Okay. You finish this. This is next on the plate. Oh, we just got that good idea today. Let's slide it in here. And I think that's been the biggest, I wouldn't even say struggle because we've been improving our software, but it takes a lot of getting used to. And it, it's a constant, I guess, fight to continue to build it and make it better. Yeah. Uh, it, and it, yeah, it's a lot of work to build a SaaS company and, and make it better and better and better. And then on top of it, you've got the people part on both sides of it <laughs> that you, exactly. you have to manage. Wow. That's, that's a lot of work. Um, what's the coolest way that you see people using the software now? What's or like, what are some of the interesting things that they're having people do? Having people do like using the free up software. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, people are finding, you know, are there certain jobs that are new jobs that you're seeing out there you know because you've got web dev etc but i'm just wondering like are people how are people pushing the edge of free up yeah so we're getting uh cryptocurrency which is a new thing that's popped up in the past six months um or so just becoming really popular people are building cryptocurrency companies and they need freelancers that have that background and that support which is 
brand new to us just by luck out of the 1,000 people. We had a few that had some kind of background. We didn't necessarily recruit for that. But now that it's becoming more and more popular, that's something that we want to do. I mean, almost the same thing happened with Facebook ads, which became a big part of the e-commerce community a few years ago. All of a sudden, everyone wanted a Facebook ad expert, and Facebook ads were somewhat new, so there weren't really any experts. So you kind of recruit for it, and you learn, and you adjust, and you keep finding better and better people. And, and we're always kind of looking for that next big thing that people have a big hiring need for so we can stay ahead of the curve. That's fantastic. How are, and so when, how are you monitoring that? How are you staying ahead of the curve and growing the business, bringing more people in? So what's cool about us is we have a free recruitment program. So let's say you put in a request and we can't fill it within a business day where 95% of the time we do that. We'll be honest with you. We'll say, hey, we, we haven't been able to find it. We can keep asking people our network or with your permission, we can recruit outside free up and it won't cost you anything. If we get someone, they go through that same vetting process. If they get in, you get first dibs of them. If you want them, you can interview them. If not, we'll add them to the marketplace and give them to someone else. No obligation. So what, just by offering that feature and making clients aware, they'll put in crazy requests that sometimes we're not able to fill and, and our team gets to kind of push the boundaries of what FreeUp's been able to offer um, and get into crypto or, or whatever it is. I mean, even with real estate agents, we have a, a lot of real estate clients now, but when we first got our first one, we didn't have a pool of 50 real estate freelancers. We had to slowly build that over time and get feedback from the clients. Okay. Yeah. That's, and um, when you don't have the people and you know, they're not the expert or it's, and you're looking for experts, how do you build up the, the way you vet them? Yeah, so that that is a challenging part. So what we'll do is we'll actually hire experts to come in, people that are well-known, um, to come in and talk to our recruitment team and give them the, the power to actually make those decisions during interviews. Um, sometimes it involves for web development, we'll buy testing software so we can actually test developers because my team is probably not adequate enough to do that and, and look at code. Um, for stuff like crypto, we're kind of figuring that out now. For other things, we'll, we'll bring in someone who knows Facebook ads or that knows Amazon or, or whatever it is so that Yes, the attitude and the communication stays the same no matter what the skill set is, but the skill question, the skill challenges, that's what's different for every skill set. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 got to be a challenge, but it's awesome that you guys are doing this. Um, so getting started, you can just go to freeup.com, which is threes, and tell me a little bit about the process of, of working with you all. Yeah. So first of all, my calendar is right at the top of the website. If anyone wants to book a time with me, um, I'd love to meet with you about your business, your hiring needs, how I can help. Um, if you click become a client, you can create a free account. Mention um, Ian's name for a free $25 credit added to your account. Um, takes a minute. And then once you have an account, you get access to our network. Anytime you need something, you click request a worker, tell us what you need, and we provide it pretty quick. Awesome. 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 Um, and you guys heard that $25 off. That's fantastic. So that's a couple hours worth of work, depending on what they're doing. Um, and since you mentioned Facebook ads, uh, you know, are you guys having success with the outsourcing of Facebook ads? Because I know it's, it's a back and forth thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got top Facebook ad experts. I mean, a lot of times they're in that 30 to $75 an hour range or they'll do fixed prices. I use it myself. <laughs> one of the guys that I use is one of the top Facebook ad experts on the marketplace and works for a lot of our clients. And we've got lots of other good ones as well. So that's something we've been able to do at a very high level. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know that's what people are trying to do. Fantastic. Um, 
Nathan, it's been great talking to you. Uh, I'll be seeing you at Seller Labs. And uh, where, if, if someone wants to see you, I know you have a few speaking engagements. What events will you be at? I'll be at CEO Space down in Tampa at the end of May. I'll be at the Seller Labs conference. Um, those are the two that are coming up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for being on the show, talking about uh, using freelancers, using FreeUp. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good rest of the day. You too. And thank you all for uh, taking Nathan and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.